Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Does your warehouse waste time and money managing forklift batteries? Enersys can energize your operations with a customized solution, delivering the power you need while minimizing ownership costs. Enersys starts by analyzing your operations and then selecting from their comprehensive range of battery and charger technologies, develops a truly optimized system tailored to your needs. Enersys gives you the power to increase productivity and profitability. See how Enersys puts power in motion for you at Enersys.com. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking, with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Businesses are retooling fulfillment operations from warehouses to omnichannel to meet new demand amid unprecedented labor shortages. 3PLs, retailers, B2B distributors, and others are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems to adapt and scale. Six River Systems Fulfillment Execution System is an integrated solution that combines intelligent, cloud-based software and automation, including its autonomous mobile robot, AMR Chuck. No costly or disruptive infrastructure changes, fast and easy associate training, and integrations with other warehouse execution solutions allow operations to meet labor challenges, increase efficiency, and enhance customer engagement. Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. Go to www.the6river.com to learn more. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawn with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by John Hartzell. He is the CEO at Dispo, and Dispo is focused on the cannabis industry, providing some packaging, but they're also getting into the logistics systems part of the industry as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about the supply chain and, and how it's involved in the cannabis industry and how there's some differences versus some of our, our regular goods that are maybe not as heavily regulated and that we're seeing as things are evolving. So very interested to talk to John and, and learn about this space, something I'm not necessarily familiar with. And, you know, I'm curious to see how the supply chain is really kind of developing in this space, especially with all the different regulations and things of that nature. So, John, welcome to the show. How are you? 
Well, doing great, Kevin. And I want to say we really appreciate the opportunity to be here and talking with your audience. I've had the opportunity to catch up with your show a handful of times and really appreciate the good quality information that you're putting out in the world. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening a couple of times. I appreciate that. And, you know, happy to bring some value where we can. So so you're with Dispo, your CEO there. And, and tell us a little bit about Dispo. What, what is it that you guys do? Sure. So we're about five years into our journey okay. as a small business emerging in the cannabis industry. We're focused originally on branding and packaging, building brands and mm-hmm. producing and manufacturing packaging that's customized for specific products. And over the last two years, it's become apparent that there are many opportunities to support the industry's evolution regarding supply chain. So recently we've launched a division of our company called DizLogic, Mm. uh, which is focused on moving goods uh, from all over the world, really. I mean, components are being produced in China and Malaysia. Cones that you would pack for pre-rolls are being Mm. produced in the Philippines and India. And then there's a need to get those goods here to the United States and distributed across marketplaces here. And and so we're responding to that evolution through our entrepreneurialism and and Mm -hmm. good new business know-how. All right. Very interesting. And and obviously, you know, I mean, the cannabis industry itself, you know, just in, you mentioned you guys are only five years old, but I mean, you know, in terms of really becoming, I guess, legal in a sense of, you know, companies and, and things popping up. I mean, I think here in, in New Jersey where I'm at, we, we just passed the legalization last week, I think, right? As we're recording this. So, so obviously, you know, it's something that's been growing and evolving um, you know, we see some states where it's legal now, some states it's not, some states it's like some things are legal, some things are not. So, right. so it, it's very much a, an evolving industry and a, and a growing one. So I'm curious, you know, how has, how has the supply chain, I guess, been developing with the industry? I mean, you know, how, how is the demand for like a, a supply chain, kind of focused mind or, or system like like you said with the dislogic grown in these years well over the last several years there has been consolidation like you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. the license holders in the industry and they've proliferated their multi-state operations to nearly all of the legal markets so if you take a, right. a cure leaf or yeah. a true leave that just took over harvest or, or acquired harvest Verano, who has acquired about 130 dispensary licenses in just the last 12 to 18 months. Mm. These organizations now have supply chain needs that cross state lines, which is something you definitively are not allowed to do by federal law with cannabis material. Mm. So all of these states have disparate commercialization laws, disparate compliance regulations, and and so packaging needs to be formed differently. Mm-hmm. Compliance information on that packaging needs to be written differently. And not on not only that, but now we've got some states that allow pre-rolls and others that don't. Some t- states that allow concentrates and others that don't. Some states that allow multi-hundreds of milligrams of edibles. Mm-hmm. And some states require each edible to be only 10 milligrams. Mm-hmm. And so... Supply chain is is significantly difficult for this industry, and it's made room for organizations like ours to support what is really maybe the most disparately regulated 
highly regulated market mm-hmm. ever created. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's very interesting because, like you said, there's just so many so many different rules, and it, it, you know, it's by state and, and all these different things. So, it, one thing I'm curious about, you mentioned in there the the interstate kind of movement and, and things of that nature. So, so when you look at somebody like you said, uh, Cure Leaf, that's you know, kind of I guess taking the market and acquiring other companies and, and things like that. You know, when you have a business, I mean, I mean, typically, you know, you look at a a regular, you know, type of product and you have a distribution model where maybe you have like multiple distribution points and, you know, it services an area. So, so are you able to do that with the cannabis industry or, or do you have to have your distribution point in the same state? How does that work? Well, it's, it's, it's very complex. So mm-hmm. if we're talking about cannabis material, right. that material needs to grow from seed to sale mm-hmm. or from clone to sale right in the same state where it originates. And so if we're going to grow marijuana in Arizona, we're going to sell the marijuana in some form for consumption Mm -hmm. uh, in the state of Arizona. So in that case, you will see central hubs for distribution Mm. where material will collate and then be distributed by a distributor to different dispensaries, usually requiring a manifest for that material from one licensed facility to another. Mm. So there's software out there like MJ Freeway or Biotrack. Trees is another one that folks would look at that really helps manage that interstate commerce supply chain side of things. Ultimately, there will be interstate commerce when we see commercialization Mm. on a federal level. At that point, some of the big, big cultivation centers that have been developed across the United States will likely continue to expand and become centralized locations for mass production, mass cultivation, you know, really large kitchens, and of course, distribution facilities. Because marketplaces have been designed very differently, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Chicago, Illinois, or in Illinois, for example, to distribute cannabis you have to be a distributor with a distributor's license. Mm-hmm. Same in California. That's not the case in, in many other marketplaces. You don't need mm-hmm. a distributor's license. You only need a license to possess the material. So there'll be quite a lot of diligence in getting these states to operate under a typical manner. Like, for example, I mean, when, when alcohol went through its phase of prohibition yeah. and came back, the, the federal government said, look, we're just not going to allow you to produce alcohol and sell alcohol direct to the consumer. We're going to put a pinch point between those two operations so that we can collect our taxes. Mm. And I suspect that with the ending of prohibition for cannabis, that we'll see the federal government create a similar pinch, which will leverage significantly leverage how we deal with alcohol as a result of our federal laws. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be, you know, I mean, I think it's still very young in a sense industry. So, you know, there's a lot to develop as we, as we look at these things, it'd be interesting to see how, how that distribution kind of, you know, countrywide or, or nationwide develops as, as it's more commercialized, like you said, federally. And, and it would be really interesting to see how that, how that plays out and, and what that kind of looks like. I think it's pretty interesting. So, 
You know, uh, with that being said, I mean, obviously there's there's some challenges in this industry. I, I can imagine when it comes to supply chain, and, and we talked a little bit about the you know the core product itself, the the marijuana itself, right? But obviously, there's a lot of different components and things that are involved in the industry too. I mean, you mentioned that some stuff is is developed overseas as well. So, you know, how is there any regulations on on those types of things, like things that are needed to support growth or, you know, other, I guess, things needed to, to consume as well? I mean, are there regulations on those or is that more freely moving from a supply chain perspective? Well, certainly not necessarily freely moving. You mm-hmm. know, one of the things that we discuss with our customers quite a lot is that if yeah. you're moving things that are specific to cannabis, uh, like they have a pot leaf on them or say cannabis or marijuana or have mm-hmm. references to cannabis. And you're moving that from many of the Asian countries. Yeah, They have incredibly strict laws regarding cannabis in some of those. Like mm-hmm. you might die as yeah. a result of having cannabis mm-hmm. in some of those countries. You might get caned. You might go to prison. Wow. I mean, just think what's going on with Brittany Griner. And yeah. Russia right now being held because she had some vape pens with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are real things, real situations. And so our company is commonly moving mm-hmm. goods that have references to and about cannabis. And we know how to navigate that system, yeah. whether we're producing those goods in China or, like I said earlier, the Philippines or Malaysia. You know and have seen in the news the stories about that. So we encourage customers in the cannabis industry to work with a freight forwarder from the cannabis industry. Mm. And you want to talk about the things, the same things that we're all dealing with. I don't know when the last time you bought a new car was, Mm -hmm. but you might have to wait if you're ordering something special or want a specific set of of customizations done to it because the components that come for that vehicle to be assembled are coming slower and taking longer to be produced. And and the world is just a slower place Mm. than it has been. So just like that in the cannabis industry, as it continues to grow and get significantly larger, automation is an incredibly important part of that. Mm -hmm. And most of the equipment built for automation, whether that is packaging flour, cartridges, is packaging edibles, is the machines being used to extract from the flour plant to get the material that goes into cartridges or other concentrates. Mm -hmm. Those components are mostly primarily being made overseas. Okay. And so we're doing quite a lot to make sure those components are coming at an adequate rate so that the machines that are being assembled here in the United States have the parts and pieces they need to be here. In addition to those, you'd have lights mm-hmm. and racking systems that are being manufactured in other countries. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the technology to even produce these things to be manufactured in the United States, that technology doesn't even exist in the United States anymore. Oh, really? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, so, some of the things that you would be doing, we just don't do that manufacturing here in the United States anymore. And so we're yeah. heavily reliant mm-hmm. on the rest of the world, as with any other vertical, as with any other segment of yeah. our industrial spaces. We're very reliant on the global 
community for manufacturing. Yeah, very interesting. And, you know, I think with that being said, you know, obviously we've felt across the board and in, in, in almost every industry, you know, that that pain of being reliant on, on global manufacturing when we had COVID and then the pandemic and thing, I think, you know, that kind of shed some light on that because before we really didn't think about it because we didn't really have any shortages or anything of that nature. So do you see that you know, some of those technologies that you're saying are, are not really present here in the United States anymore. Do you, do you see any of that coming back here potentially? Is there an opportunity for that? We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Gosh, I really hope so, mm-hmm. Kevin. I, you know, our company, we look for domestic manufacturing opportunities as a purpose yeah. in our culture. Mm-hmm. We have some domestic personal, our, our own domestic manufacturing, which helps. At the end of the day, I think there's two things that we really need. And that is support for small businesses to upgrade and update mm-hmm. their equipment to be manufacturing more goods right here in the United States. And secondly, and probably most importantly, Mm. we need to upgrade our ports. Uh, Our ports are woefully underfunded Mm. and under-technologied. We are way behind the rest of the world. I'm talking places in Asia and Africa Mm. and South America where we are way behind. Yeah the technology and sophistication that's being used at ports around the world. And when's the last time the United States of America was behind in something so simple as sophistication and technology? Yeah. It it is not how our country was built and it certainly should not be the way our country is perceived with the rest of the world that we're so far behind. Mm -hmm. And there simply seems to be bad politics between two political parties stifling our own economy by not coming up with an agreement to solve these issues uh, at our ports. If someone really wanted to know where it has been done right, look at the port down in Georgia and get a good idea of how a port has been done right and, and what we should be doing in all of the ports in the United States and our government should be enforcing that in that and, and, and participating in that regularly yeah yeah i mean i think it's a good point and uh, you know we had actually someone from state of georgia on a couple episodes ago and uh, they were talking about the port and the backlog there you know so there's there's an incredible amount of information out there to to support that what they've done Mm -hmm. in their situation should be exactly the roadmap or what our our other ports look like and Mm -hmm. and uh, it's as simple as saying yes uh, and and coming up with a plan that makes everyone whole in the mm-hmm. situation. And, and I understand there are many jobs that would change and become different 
And we should be offering training and opportunities for people to grow into and evolve into new positions as our technology evolves. Because right. that's not going to stop. I mean, yeah. the, the rate of us doubling our technological performance is astronomical. Yeah. It's happening every few years. Mm-hmm the amount of data we can drive and the amount of data we can push if we could just come up with and make enough chips, right? Yeah. <laughs> and those across the world fast enough, mm-hmm. uh, it would it would be even faster. And and so we we have to, as the United States of America, be committed to keeping up with the rest of the world because the further we yeah. fall behind, the further our economy will become less and less relevant to the rest yeah. of the world. And I, I know we don't want to see that happen to our great nation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, something needs to be done there. And, you know, we think we certainly have the technology available to us. We just need to execute. So, you know, very interesting insights there. And, you know, so we, we talked a lot about the the challenges, you know, here in the industry and, and you know, some of the the things that are still still evolving in that nature. So you guys are, are coming out with this, this logic, right? And or it's out already. And, you know, talk to us about how this logic is kind of solving some of these issues that we're seeing that we're discussing here yeah sure so so what we're really starting with is transparency DizLogic mm-hmm. is a software platform where an organization can order its goods from mm-hmm. dispo or other organizations and place it for tracking from where it is at the time they make the order and that may be pre-production It may be in the process of production. It may be at a port. Mm -hmm. But once we start tracking that item, we track that item all the way through to their location and can demonstrate that tracking to them Mm -hmm. beyond acceptance at their location if they pursue an RFID technology to support that. Mm -hmm. And so we're working not only to improve your transparency and knowledge of where your products and goods are today in transit, but also mitigating risk when they become a retail uh, situation and supporting the marketing value of its location post-purchase so that you can target your demographics geographically when you're implementing your marketing campaign. So we're talking logistics from production and manufacturing all the way through marketing. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's really covering pretty much the whole spectrum there in a, in a sense so it's really kind of so it, it's a i mean it's a software platform i guess or, or is this is a service yeah so this is yeah. so this is that's exactly right and we're mm-hmm. we're leveraging all obviously a handful of mm-hmm. other software platforms okay and other locations up to and including their own seed to sale tracking software we mm-hmm. have an open api uh so that whatever ERP or business management tools they're using, this will plug right in and it'll give them full transparency on, on even their burn rates of, of mm-hmm. let's say their packaging. So if they're selling 2 million eighths in three ounce glass jars a year, yeah. it's going to tell them at what pace they should be reordering those jars to get them the most efficiently. Mm. You know, a lot of glass jars, most glass jars in the United States are coming from either Mexico or China. Okay. And either way, the most efficient way to get those jars here into the United States is going to take you somewhere between 12 and 16 weeks. Mm. And depending on where you make those jars, 
your cost is going to be at a certain level and your shipping cost is going to be at another level. It's more expensive to produce the jars in Mexico, yeah. but less money to ship them. Right. Less expensive to produce the jars in China, but more expensive to move them. <laughs> and so what this logic does is gives you the opportunity to see where your costs are going to lie. And if you can mitigate any of those costs by extending your timelines, increasing your order, decreasing your order, improving your manufacturing artwork to create less colors for printing plates, depending on what the item is, it will be a location that really mitigates overall cost on both production manufacturing side and on your logistics supply chain movement side. Mm. Very interesting. And it sounds like a very robust platform. And I'm sure it's going to solve a lot of the issues that some companies are, are facing and, and especially probably starting out as well. I mean, it sounds like a, a big boost for them. So so definitely a very good thing that you guys are, are doing for the industry there. And, and John, it's been great to, to talk to you and, and hear about some of these supply chain challenges, which are you know probably a little bit different than a typical like a consumer goods company, right? So it'd be very interesting to see how this evolves and you know we'd be happy to check back in with you and a little later and as things start to change and you know maybe we start to get to that federal level as you said on commercialization and how that kind of impacts the supply chain overall so john if people are interested in learning more about dispo how can they do that yeah hey kevin first of all thank you so much mm. for having us on again i'd like to invite any of your listeners that are in the freight forwarding and supply chain business to be very much in touch with us we're looking to find the best experts and the best people okay. uh, to help us build our business and we'll do that right alongside them mm. and we believe that working in cooperation is always better than in competition they can reach me at heartsell at dispo.com or visit our website, dizpot.com, that's dispo.com, or on social media by at dispo underscore pkg. Got it. And we'll put all the information at thenewwarehouse.com as well so people can easily find it. So, John, thank you once again for coming on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.